So I uh, go to the Methodist church sometimes to uh, teach their little kids. Yeah, I'm glad you're here, Gay. That was, I'm, I'm Methodist. Met- Gay Graham comes here, but on Saturday she roots for the Methodists. So that's just, yeah. Um, we, uh, I, Nolan goes to Mother's Day out there, and it's Tuesday, Thursday, and on, on every, every day there, they have a Bible lesson, and typically, um, Brother Ben from Central Baptist over here, or um, the, the pastor, reverend, preacher, I, the, the person at Methodist Church um, teaches their Bible hour and hands out candy, and I'm the substitute. When one of them can't make it, I go in and, um, and sing and play with those kids and then uh, talk about God with them. And this past week, on Tuesday, I, was, uh, I had to sub for, um, for the, the new minister over at the, at the Methodist Church, and I was sitting there telling them like how um, God loves us, and can you think of some ways that God loves us? And they kind of went around the room talking about he... He blesses us. He gives us food. These are four- and five-year-old kids. And the kid that was sitting right next to Nolan said, he walks beside us and takes care of us. And Nolan was looking at him. <laughs> and then turned and looked at me. Raised his hand. Yes? He said, and I swear to you, he said, and sometimes he walks behind us and says, boo. (laughs) My kid is insane. But I actually do think, and I'm going to side with him on this one. <laughs> I'm going to side with him because uh, I think that Jesus, yes, oftentimes walks beside us and takes care of us, but I don't think Jesus is our nurse. I don't think Jesus is our financial advisor. I don't think Jesus is our chef. I think Jesus oftentimes surprises us. Now, I don't think it's with a boo, you know? (laughs) But I think, I think we think Jesus is supposed to be a thing. And oftentimes, Jesus is not that for us. You know, we we were taught that Jesus, sometimes it seems like we're taught that Jesus' role is to take care. He takes care of us. But but then awful things happen. And we wonder, like, what's going on? Like, how how does this work? If you read through the story this week, if you read chapter 23, it was a long, chapter 23, yeah, chapter 23, um, it was a long chapter. It had a lot of things going on in it, and we could have, we could have spent um, two months doing sermons from this chapter, but we're just going to spend this week. But one of the things that happens is that Jesus is announced 
by John the Baptist. We see this in several, every single gospel actually talks about John the Baptist. And we see that Jesus is, is, told, is foretold, this, they, John the Baptist says, this guy is the Messiah. And John the Baptist himself was a prophet and told about Jesus. And Jesus was coming and John the Baptist spoke out against the people in power. As we talked about earlier this year, prophets did not hold up people in power and speak out against people in poverty. They actually did it, did the opposite. Um, you can tell we're not being good prophets when we're telling the people in power that they're fantastic and the people who are poor that they should just work harder. But Jesus flipped that on its head. And John, all prophets did that. All prophets went to the kings and said, you're not acting right. You're not treating the poor like they deserve. But John was a prophet, and he called out the highest of high in the region. He called out King Herod. Now, King Herod um, came from a line of people that were um, just awful, really. Just they, they, um, they were promiscuous. They cheated on each other with their, um, like their, their spouses' uh, kids and they like in-laws, and they stole each other's wives and then lied about it. It was just, it was awful. They were horrible, horrible people. And John the Baptist did the obvious thing. He went to the king and said, you are a horrible person. You shouldn't have stolen that wife you have. And King Herod throws him in jail. But if I'm John the Baptist and I'm a prophet, I'm the one speaking truth to power. And that was John's role. He came into the wilderness and he spoke about the, the real king's coming, the Messiah's coming. And, I, I, and he actually says in uh, John chapter 4, he says, I will become less and he will become greater. That's the way it's got to happen. And he's going to speak truth. He's going to be the real king. He said his sandals, I'm not even fit to strap those. I'm not even fit to secure his sandals to his feet. John the Baptist knew what J Jesus was supposed to be. And then in Matthew chapter 11, it says, when John, who, remind you, was in prison, it, he's been in prison for a bit here, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, heard what Jesus was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him. This is the question John had for Jesus. Are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Now, I don't know if that's weird to you, but it's weird to me that the guy who said over and over again that, and pointed to Jesus, this Jesus is supposed to come. This is, this is the Messiah. When Jesus showed up and was baptized, he says, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. John watched the Spirit of God come down on Jesus and he heard God say, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. The one I am well, he is well pleasing to me. He heard God talk about Jesus like Jesus is the Messiah. He said that Jesus was the Messiah and then whenever John's in jail and Jesus hasn't said a word to King Herod about how awful King Herod is. 
Hasn't said a word about how John was being mistreated. John says, hey, um, are you the one? And I'll tell you, the, the, times, the time I have the, the hardest questions in my life about where God is and what God is doing is when God, whenever things are happening that I don't understand. When things are occurring that I just don't get. When it uh, was Gene, is it Botham? Botham. Gene Botham. I should have known Botham. When Gene, this thing with an alumni of the same school I went to in um, was in Good News Singers a couple of years before you were, wasn't he? Yeah. And um, I was in uh, I was in Bells and Bows, which is the instrumental version of Good News Singers, um, the sinning version. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, but like when someone I don't even know, but I feel connected to, and something awful happens to them, and then people people always always say similar things about such things, like, well, we just don't know what God's plan is. That wasn't God's plan. Well, God would have loved to see Gene wake up the next morning and go to work. God would have loved to have seen Gene grow up and, and, and get married and, 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 and have family. Like, God would have loved that. God is against Death. God came to conquer death. And so whenever someone says God is co-opting death to do God's will, I, didn't, I just don't think they've read their Bible. That's okay. There's a lot of people who haven't read their Bible. But if you haven't read it, you probably shouldn't talk about it. God, there's some, there's some awful things happening in the world. There, there are things that you just, you think, where... When is God going to come? Can't God fix this? Can't God fix that? And I'm like John. Sometimes I'm like John in the prison. And I want to I send a messenger to Jesus and say, okay, are you really the one? Because the things that I'm seeing, the things that I'm frustrated about, the things that I get sad about or angry about, I, I wish you would fix those. But here I am, still in these walls, still bound by these confines. And Jesus says to them, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed, or those who have a, just skin diseases are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. John co-ops um, the prophets of old. He uses the prophets of old, or Jesus uses the prophets of old to tell John the will of God is being done. The good news is being proclaimed to those who need it. 
You know, John, John had the role of a prophet and he did what was needed. And he, he, spoke, he spoke power to authority. He spoke condemnation and conviction to the, those who are in power. And he was wondering why Jesus wasn't doing the same. Jesus, where are you? Why aren't you speaking up? And Jesus uses Isaiah to remind John, prophets have more roles than just what you did. The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. He leaves out a piece that is a often added in lists like this, um, the pr prisoners are set free. He doesn't include that in this. Probably for good reason. That's what John, John wants to know why his situation isn't being affected by Jesus. Is this really Jesus? Are you the Messiah? And what's crazy is John had all these indicators that he was. I mean, John was born to a woman who couldn't have children. She was barren. She was old. John, John, John's life was full of miracle and mystery. He saw Jesus as the Messiah. He saw God tell, him, tell Jesus he was the Messiah. He was there, and he's still kind of like, God, this isn't going the way I expected And oftentimes when we when when things don't go the way we expect them, we question God. As if God were dependent upon our itinerary. Like God messed up somehow. Now, now I hear people say, and I hear people say God doesn't make mistakes, and I get that, I hear that, I I'm with you. People make tons of mistakes. And we are constantly affected by people's poor choices. It was not God's will for John to be in prison, but King Herod is a dope. King Herod is rude. John lost his head because of King Herod. Not because God wanted King Herod to be the sort of person that, that would chop people's heads off. God would actually prefer King Herod to not be the sort of person that chopped people's heads off. But here we are. And John says, what in the world is going on? Listen, I'm not very good at not getting my way. And I don't think I'm an aberration of any sort. I'm guessing most of you are not very good at, get, at not getting your way. And maybe, well, I don't, you know, I don't make a fuss. I just have this inner storm that's going to sneak up on me and give me a heart attack when I'm 60. Like, I just, I just tamp it. Like, I'm, I, have, I am just going to, like, man, we are all bad at it. A lot of times when we're following God, we are not going, things aren't going to go the way we please. Not because necessarily God, but because just life. 
chaos, brokenness. And sometimes we'll look to Jesus and we'll say, Jesus, are you really who you said you were? Are you really the conquering king? And what we hope is that Jesus conquers my situation right now. And that may take some time. Because what Jesus conquered isn't just my, my broken situation. Like, I, I, well, I wish things were different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did. I bet you do. I really wish things were different. I have, I have a lovely life. I am just caught up in the brokenness of this world that just irritates me and frustrates me and saddens me and confuses me. A uh, acquaintance of mine lost a friend early in life. And he came to me and he said, man, I don't know why this happened. And I said, man, I don't either. And it jarred him a little bit because preachers are supposed to have the answers, but we don't. I don't know why death still seems to have sting. I don't know why injustice still rules. I don't know why things don't go like we'd planned. I don't know why. I, I just don't, I don't know why. All I can lean on is that Jesus conquered death. That those who are dead will raise. Those who are blind will see. Those who are lame We'll walk those. We, we, will, we will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not tire. We will not feel. I hurt myself fixing my hair this morning. No, not just sort of. Just really badly. I'm struggling right now. I pushed my head into my body somehow. I don't know, like a Pez dispenser, just, now my back's out of alignment, I don't know what's happening. I, we are broken, easily hurt people. And I don't, I don't know why. Brokenness still reigns, but I know I have a Savior who conquers. I know I have a King who, who redeems it. it. In the end, the dead will rise to walk. Those who are suffering and who are hungry will suffer and hunger no more. Our gospel, the good news that Jesus was proclaiming to the poor, was not that, hey, poor people, y'all are sinners, and there's going to be a way to get rid of your sins. 
What Jesus, the good news Jesus was proclaiming is that the kingdom of God is coming. And where the kingdom of God is, their death does not reign. Their poverty does not rule. Their sickness and, and brokenness and pain and suffering, that they have no say in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God conquers those things. And man, we, that's good news to the poor. As we saw in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who are meek or poor, blessed are those who are grieving, for they will be comforted. This is the kind of God we serve, the kind of God who isn't just upset about brokenness like the sin in the world. He's upset about the things that brokenness and sin cause. When Jesus comes in and stands in the world, the brokenness around him goes away. Nolan has uh, recently been asking to go to his Mimi and Papaw's house. And they are dead. Now, they, he knows about Mimi and Papaw, but they died, they, they died ten, 10 and 9 years ago, respectively. And I don't only know that because uh, Papaw died two months before, that's my dad's dad, he died two months before Claire was born. And... Um, Mimi died a week before Macy was born. And, but Nolan doesn't know either of them. Doesn't know that at Mimi and Papa's house, the only drink choice was Diet Shasta root beer. <laughs> it was all, this, all she had. Kid's first taste of aspartame. Or whatever it was back then. But he's just been thinking about Mimi and Papa, and he wants to go to their house. But he knows that he has to wait until Jesus comes back. Because they're dead, and Jesus is going to conquer death. He knows that. And when we make Jesus, when we, we, when we turn Jesus into someone who's going to write our, like John did, he's going to take care of our current circumstance, Right now. Make it better right now. And when we go to Jesus and say, hey, things aren't perfect for me right now, are you really who you say you are? We make Jesus smaller than he actually is. When we say, Jesus, there's all this hurt in the world. What are you doing? We, Jesus, I, I, I conquered death. Well, you didn't conquer disease. Where does disease lead? Jesus conquered in the kingdom of God. There is no death. There's only resurrection. There is only healing. There is no bl blindness. There is sight. There is no lameness. We walk. We run. <laughs> I was once preaching about this in a Bible class, and I said, I cannot wait to run and not grow weary. I love that idea. I cannot wait to be able to run and never sell it. Full speed, never stop. We could get, I just, it would be fantastic. I love running. And a guy in the back raises his hand. He goes, I just can't wait until I can tie my shoes without getting out of breath. It's like, oh yeah, baby steps, I guess. But our weakness is going to be overcome. And not just, not just in small ways, not in just the small ways 
that we think they're supposed to be overcome in big ways. We have hope for the future. Because Jesus is alive. We will be alive too. Because Jesus is perfect. We will be perfect too because Jesus is glorified. We will be glorified as well. This, this, this is true hope. I used to have an elder in Teague who said the problem with the world is that Jesus can offer them something that they don't think they need. And I think that's true to a point where you, whenever you are discussing like sin, everybody knows they're broken. Everybody knows they're falling apart. Another five years older and it's harder to get out of bed and be quiet because your ankles are popping. Whatever is making those noises, we're, we, are, we are falling apart. Death and disease seem to run amok, but Jesus conquers that. When we ask you to come to Jesus, we're not asking you to like, you know, can you, can you start giving up your Wednesday nights? We're saying, in Jesus, we find redemption of all that is broken. Maybe not today, but in the end, Jesus wins out. When we say come to Jesus, we, we mean come to that promise. Be a part of that team. And as a church now, it is our job to go into the world and try to, try to make that look like something that Jesus would want it to look like. We, want, we, we try to bring heaven into this world. When we say come to Jesus and be a part of this church, we mean come join that king and participate in that kingdom. If you want to join that king, a king where you're not quite sure what he is all the time, but he is good all the time. Jesus might surprise you. He might change you. But he is good. He conquered all that is broken. If you want to join that king, join that kingdom this morning. Please come forward while we stand.